Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, good morning and um, happy Thanksgiving for those of you who are celebrating. I am Tina and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, um, one day at a time. Um, Hi, Tina. Hi. So good to see you all. I can't believe so many wonderful faces, um, new and people I've known. I, um, wow. So my, my story, um, I am so grateful. I want to say this first for this fellowship. Um, and because throughout my life, up until I joined the program and became abstinent, my, my focus throughout the holidays, beginning with October, the end of October, through February 14th, <clears throat> which is a special time of year for me, um, consisted of what kind of foods and treats um, I could eat. I don't know that the occasions were so much about um, the actual occasions as they definitely were about what I was going to be eating. And I knew people's houses and homes and traditions by what their specialties were and of course their candy dishes. Um, many of you know how special candy dishes are for me. Um, so I'm, I'm really grateful that today that my journey through the holidays, if you will, is a very different um, journey. I just want to talk a little bit about my background. I've been up and down the scale 50 pounds. Um, I was considered obese by the time I was 11. Um, that's what my uh, pediatrician told my mom. She said, she's obese and you need to do something about it. Um, and I remember eating um, sugar in particular and um, eating a lot um, by the time I was four. So I think it's about three, three and a half, somewhere in there where I really have memories of eating, eating lots of sugar, eating too much and um, needing it and craving it and wanting it and beginning to uh, hide and take food and steal it and um, whatever I could do to get it. Um, the desperation for it settled in really early and for decades. Um, wow, I, I, I'm becoming emotional for for decades, I remember this sinking, awful feeling of being dragged along by this addiction that was um, torturing me. I was well aware that I was in the grips of something and um, that I I have this image in my head that it was dragging me like by my hair, just yanking me down the, the through life. Um, 
And I think what's worse is that I did not see a way out. I did not see an alternative. I didn't want another option. It was something that I um, was going to be in relationship with um, for a very, very long time. Um, I spent a lot of time in my life um, eating and trying to get through the days. I was very depressed as a young child. I don't think people around me really knew. Um, they were um, distracted by, um, I was smart and my mom was a teacher. And, um, they saw pretty and other things. Um, they were very distracted by things that um, <clears throat> were outwardly <clears throat> um, and um, really, I spent a lot of time hiding um, the, the depression that I felt. Um, it, it was bad enough that I remember between four and five thinking, um, if I can just make it to 18, um, I, I might just uh, get through this. But what am I gonna do from there and from now until then? Um, and I spent a lot of time um, trying to figure out or trying to avoid life until I got there. And um, I have a few instances that are still in my mind that are very clear. For instance, um, I think by the time I was 11, I weighed 151 pounds. I remember that. And I am petite. And I would love to say, people would say, oh, but you have big bones. If you saw the size of my wrists and my, you know, the rest of me, it's just laughable. I do not have big bones. Some people do, I do not. Um, and so that, that's hilarious. Um, back then I thought it was possible, <laughs> but, but, but now I look back and think, well, that's cute. Um, so, um, I got off track a little bit. I remember uh, being uh, eight or nine, and I remember going to a church picnic, some of my favorite events, because my mom was extremely overprotective. I'm an only child, and I was adopted. And um, these events, she would let me roam around without monitoring my food intake. And normally, she did very much. So. I could wander around and eat for hours without her stopping me. Um, and I remember this day because there was this big, long food table, tables at Nolan Park. And um, for those of you who are in the Bay Area where the open zoo is. And so we were out there and it was tables and tables with food. And God forbid, <laughs> there was a... Um, there was a, a ice cream, a separate ice cream, frozen ice cream thing where you could just go and get it. There was no limits. Um, and I ate for hours. And I remember I had about eight ice creams. Um, and I remember getting into the car um, with my parents. I have it just as vivid, clear. I remember getting into the car. My dad had a 
green Mustang. And I remember getting into the car and, um, and being so, just so sick to my stomach. I mean, just so full and so um, just sick. Um, and when I got home, um, constipated and, and sorry for the graphic, but I just, um, and all I could think about was wanting to go back and, and get more ice cream and how I was gonna miss this opportunity to have this free for all where I would not be monitored. Um, and I was eight or nine and, um, and I've, I thought this the other day, I remember being um, in an apartment in my thirties, I'm currently um, in my fifties. And I remember um, standing, standing in my kitchen. It was probably around this time of year. Maybe it was, no, nope, it was in Easter. Cause you know, I love me some Easter candy. And, um, and I was standing in, isn't it funny? I remember what time of year it was. Cause I remember what I was eating. So I, and I know what season it was. Cause I would wait until that season because that's the only time they came out. So I'm standing in my kitchen, um, standing, crying and eating out of a bag of candy and just eating until I'm sick and then stopping and then continuing. And I had two big family size bags because I knew I was going to eat the whole bag and then I was going to continue. And um, it was nothing for me to go back to the store um, in the same day later and um, get two more bags of it. Um, these are really big bags um, and keep eating. And I was crying because I was so miserable and I was so I was so depressed and it was so awful and no one in my life really knew. They didn't know I was a compulsive overeater. There's still resistance in my family. My mom still doesn't understand why I come to this program. Um, and so, you know, the people around me had no idea, even this day, they just, they don't see me that way. Um, but I knew that something was wrong. I don't know that I knew I was compulsive overeater. I just knew that I had to have food. I had to have those uh, bags of goodies around me, which is what I thought of at the time. Um, I had to um, keep them with me. And I remember going on trips um, and making sure I had my stash. And as I got older, my mom and I had quite a tumultuous relationship and I remember thank you anytime I went to see her I would stop at the store first and make sure that I had plenty of those um, things so that I could stay numb and um, and I remember waking up in the morning with whatever under my pillow on the side of me and eating whatever it was in the morning before I even lifted my head off the pillow. Um, that was the first thing. Um, so um, I um, will just say I've been to Jenny Craig and I started Weight Watchers at 11 and um, I've done the lemonade with pepper diet and the Beverly Hills diet and the 
just I can go down the list of diets. And I have to say to you, I am a terrible dieter. I do not diet well. Um, some people lose all the weight and then they start. I think I've gotten through 24 to 48 hours. I do not do that thing well at all. Um, so dieting is completely out for me. That didn't stop me from, from trying. Um, and I will say that I've lost careers um, behind it. Um, and uh, I, that's enough to say that. Um, I needed to lose weight and I could not, and I wouldn't, and I couldn't stop eating. And so I um, could not continue in some, some types of, of jobs. So um, what happened? Um, I was introduced to Overeaters Anonymous um, in the HOW program in Los Angeles. And um, my good friend, who's also a compulsive overeater and still in the 12-step programs, she took me. And it was at a house um, in Santa Monica. And um, I could not relate. I love Los Angeles, bless their hearts. But everybody in that room was about a size zero to a size four. And I couldn't figure out what was going on here. I wanted what they had. And at that meeting at that time, I think, which was in the uh, late, well, maybe 90s sometime. At that time, the primary focus was um, a very restricted, very um, clear, measured and weighed way of eating. Um, and there were lists of questions and a sponsor that I needed to call every day at a certain time for about five minutes. Um, and um, I got fired a lot um, by many sponsors. I ran through quite a few in one group and had to get another one in more in others. And, um, and I remember begging some sponsors to keep me after I had slipped. Um, and, you know, after two, maybe three, if they were being generous, they said, no, I, I can't sponsor you anymore um, for whatever reasons they gave me. I um, did not get abstinent. Um, I did not, um, I, I did not start working the steps. Um, I, I was on step one forever because I kept going back to the beginning and I couldn't get any farther. Um, and I really didn't understand what that was like. And the way I was working my program at the time, the way that I understood it, um, I'll tell you what one of my roommates said. She said, you spend more time in the kitchen than anybody I know. For someone who is, you know, doing um someone who is changing their relationship with food, she said, you're in it all the time. Meaning I was always preparing and I was, I mean, my whole, really so much of my life was focused around the food and, and how measuring and weighing and, and, and this is how I went about it. Um, I do have attention deficit. Um, I've discovered much later in life and um, trying to manage it that way 
really um, made me kind of crazy. I, I didn't do, I couldn't do that. It wasn't a really good solution for me. Um, and so uh, I struggled. Um, I did um, go to these meetings um, uh, almost every day in uh, Santa Monica and near Venice Beach. And there was a wonderful meeting there that I'd go to in the mornings. And I really began to hear the message and I began to hear more of the stories, personal stories that people um, talked to me um, and, and after the meetings. And I began to hear things that really um, sunk in. And, and, and I remember um, quite vividly that um, I came out of one meeting thinking, oh, I can still be angry and that's okay, but I can ask how I can be of service during this day, even with my anger. That was a concept for me. I was like, oh, and, and I believe that was a big beginning, a, a turning point of, oh, there's more to this, to being here than me, my feelings, my emotions. And um, one of the things I was able to get in touch with at that point was um, getting beyond the food. So now I was, I still wasn't working the steps in the, in the way that I am now, but I began to, to understand more of the message and I stayed in the rooms and then I left for, I don't know, I came and went several times. Um, I'd like to say I spent more time in the rooms, but I probably spent more time out. Um, but the people that gave service and the way that people showed up in those how meetings, I will never forget. People picked up the phone when I called. There was you know, no texting. If I called, someone pick up the phone. They say, hey, I have five minutes. I'm gonna step outside of this meeting. What do you need? And they would help me. Um, and, and we would you know, say, well, get back to me and leave me a message. Let me know how that went. Um, they were really, really um, very service-based. I never forgot that. From the minute I got to meetings, people really um, were of service. And it was a huge thing to be of service. And it was a huge thing to call other people and to pick up the phone when they called. And even if you had three minutes, okay, I've got three minutes. Hi, how are you doing? What's going on? And never forgot that. It really, it touched me and people, it mattered. Um, and I remember being um, in a situation where I had to move suddenly. I won't even bore you with the details of this, but I lost a lot. I lost the business. Um, I, I lost so much and I had to move. And I told my, um, the group that I was, primary group I was attending at the time. And I'm telling you, people said, they called me and said, well, let me help. Um, they showed up and helped pack me up. They, one guy brought a truck. He came for three days and helped transport my things. They um, laughed with me and cried with me and um, helped made sure I had food because I didn't have money at the time. And I, I to this day, I mean, they didn't ask for anything in return. They just showed up all of a sudden. They said, well, we got you. 
And um, I remember doing a, 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 a seminar that I was giving. It was one of the first ones that I was going to do. I was so nervous. And like 10 people came and, and, and paid and, and hung out with me and, and gave me my support. And I was just, and I thought, wow, I've never forgotten that sense of fellowship. I've never forgotten that sense of service. I've never forgotten how these people who normally would not, I wouldn't have known I, that these strangers would just appear and give. Um, and, um, and people had boundaries. They had really clear boundaries. Um, what they would and would not do. And they were very clear, I noticed about their boundaries with food too. I believe now in my life, those go together. Um, the more boundaries I have, the clearer my program is, the clearer I can be in my relationships in my life. Um, thank you. Um, Eventually, I joined Overeaters Anonymous, not how I moved over to that section. And I remember thinking I'm never going to get abstinent here because my initial vision of the people in Santa Monica was what I still wanted to be. I wanted, never mind the fact that I can't be that size. I wanted to be what they were and what they had. It took me quite some time to understand this this was um probably about 20 years ago i was back in the bay area and i remember um thinking this is never going to work and i really want to thank that sponsor i don't remember who it is i don't remember but i remember she started me on the steps finally i got my first solid abstinence and i could not understand why it was working she gave me, uh, cause I couldn't, I've been on so many diets. She just gave me a basic food plan. Um, it was three meals a day. Um, she said, use a large salad plate, not a dinner plate, um, divide it into three parts. And here's what you have and don't pile things on it. Um, and that was my food plan. Um, and if I need a snack in between, we, she, we discuss what that would be. Um, I use that food plan. And I remember about 10 months, it was working fine. I was working the steps and probably for the first time in my life, I was sane. And I didn't, I wasn't running around dealing with food. She also explained to me how to get through the holidays. I've used it ever since. She said, okay, look, Thanksgiving is one day. Usually one meal might be two. She said, so it's not. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It doesn't go on for days at a time. You know, you have some breakfast that morning, then you, um, then you go there and you do the same thing. You have your large salad plate with your three parts. And, and at the time I wasn't, um, I was still eating sugar. You have one dessert, one slice, um, and that's it. And then you have a break. And if you're still at the house at that time, you have your dinner and you're done and you don't take food home and you don't continue for, you know, four days. That's, that's not. And same thing for Christmas and any other day. I have 
done that for 20 years. And God bless her for that because that completely changed my holidays. They don't go on and on and it's a regular day. I still do the same thing. And I also, she taught me if I give an event at my house, um, I send it all with them. And I always make sure that I make things that I eat so that I can have a day um, that is right for me. Um, what's happening now? Um, I am uh, the only child and my mom is uh, just turned 90 and I am not living with her, but I am her primary caretaker. Um, she has the beginning stages of dementia. And I cannot believe the great irony that I am now responsible for her food. I mean, really? <laughs> like I have to manage my food and now I'm managing someone else's food. And I, I gotta tell you, there's no way, none that I could do this without this program, this fellowship, my sponsor, my sponsees, the literature, everything. There is no way. I would be crazy right now. I would be face down in the food and especially the sugar, which I have been relieved of for seven and a half years now. Um, and that's crazy. I mean, insane for me. I don't even know how it happened now. I just think, well, that's how the program works. Um, and so I work full time. I manage her life. Um, her caregiving, um, her business, and mine somehow, um, I will tell you right now, I don't have um, a very, um, like, way and measure. I have in my mind, this, and I've spoken with my sponsor, this is what I'm allowed to have. I'm allowed to have it in certain amounts. And if, if a food becomes a problem, I talk to my sponsor about it and we deal with that. Um, my sponsor taught me that my program is my priority. I cannot tell you how crazy that was when we began to work together. How do I make my priority, my program, my priority when I'm standing in the emergency room with my mom and I haven't eaten and I don't have my food with me? How does that work? And I like to say it was a little bit like, I just felt like all of my priorities were sitting on a long bench, like the, the, the bench out in, in the grade school. Um, and, 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 and somehow I had to squeeze myself to the front of that bench and then move over some more so my high power in my program could be there. And it was like, okay, what am I gonna scoot off the end? What's gonna fall off the end? And I just felt like, how do I move all this over? Of course I couldn't. I really, really um, had to turn it over. I had to do a step work around it because I had no idea how to do that. But I really believed in my sponsor. I want what she has still to this day. Um, and she's awesome. And I thought, I gotta do this. And um, I tell you what happened, I would, I ended up in the emergency room with my mom quite a bit for a while. And my sponsor would say, I'd be standing in there and waiting. And she said, but you have to eat and you have to go get some food and you cannot stay there and be hungry. And she would guide me and help me. And I would go get some food and I would come back. 
And she would also say, if this is your life, so now you have to have food with you. You have to be prepared for these kinds of situations. And so now I have food at, when I send mom, food to my mom's house, I make sure there's food there that I eat because I know I'm gonna end up there out of the blue. Um, so I, I just wanna say this program works no matter what. This program works even though I never know on what day where I'm gonna be. I'm working, I'm going between her house, my house, my job. Um, it, it's just, it's nuts. I'd love to say my whole house is in order. It's not. If I showed you a picture, it's crazy. Um, what is in order is my insight. What is in order is, is my program. What is in order is the steps. What my formula for living is the steps. I, um, wanted to, um, say, some of you have heard me say this before, um, I am um, taped in my own voice upon awakening, um, acceptance is the answer, um, a few things, and I would get up in the morning and listen to it, I would, it was on my phone. I think it's important because what I used to do is wake up in the morning and open a bag of something. Now, I would get up in the morning and listen to these things every morning, before I even got out of bed. And I think that, I know my time's almost up. I think I'm, I'm gonna read this part. In thinking about our day, we may face a decision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought or decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. That's one of the things that has captured my attention and today I attend about four meetings a week, sometimes five. I listen to Joe and Charlie's big book. I don't know, some of you know that, On the Way to Work. I love them. They're so great and they're hilarious. Um, and they nail down for me over and over what my program is about, what my priorities are, how I keep my program first. But that idea, the promises, and also we relax, we don't struggle. I think, who does that? Who? <laughs> Who does not what we relax we struggle in the middle of the pandemic um the fact that i still fit my clothes that when i took off my sweats i still um i still could fit my pants um that is what this program has given me this fellowship is what this program has given me this program never ends. When I was on a diet, it was, I'm gonna reach this place on the scale and then I'm gonna be good. My whole life is gonna be perfect. My whole life is gonna be great, <laughs> right? As though that was ever the problem. Um, but I didn't know that until I got to that place on the scale and even went down farther by 15 pounds and then realized my life is a mess and I need to turn it over. So today I'm thank you I relax and don't struggle that is what just keeps me going that this doesn't end because the scale says something the scales the numbers don't define me as a person that is not who I am it's a number who I am is a member of this fellowship and every place I go for the rest of my life one day at a time I will always be someplace where there's a fellow. And now thanks to Zoom, there will be even more contact. 
I am so grateful to have been of service today is only because of you and the program that I could even begin to do this this morning. I am so grateful and for newcomers, keep coming back. Don't let your behind leave the chair or the Zoom. Uh, wait until the miracle happens. It will, don't try and make sense of it. It doesn't make sense most of the time to me, but keep coming back. Thank you for letting me share.